it, and he decided to make this journey. As they drove out of Mitford yesterday morning, he'd steeled himself for the appearance of some long-suppressed emotion that would overtake him straight out of the box. But it hadn't happened. It might have assailed him last night in the motel room more than five hundred miles from his wife as he crawled, unwilling, beneath a blanket reeking of stale tobacco smoke. There'd also been a window of opportunity this morning when, downing an egg biscuit on the south side of Memphis, he'd felt suddenly panicked, ready to get behind the wheel and head back the way he'd come. But he'd caught such feelings red-handed and refused to give in to them. What he was doing had to be done, even if it produced despair, which was probable, or grief, which was likely, or anger, which was almost certain. A few stores. Acres of kudzu. Brigadier General Samuel Benton, he said, speaking to his dog. It would be a miracle if he could remember the names of all the generals buried in Hillcrest Cemetery in Holly Springs. Brigadier General Winfield S. Featherston. Brigadier General Christopher... Brigadier General Christopher... Zero. He'd have to recall this particular surname before the long, solemn train of names could move forward as they'd done in his fifth-grade recitation of Hillcrest's illustrious dead. The recitation had won five gold stars, and to his amazement, the momentary deference of his father. He didn't recognize this road, which was a modern translation of the old 78, but then, after an absence of thirty-eight years and four months... He hadn't expected to recognize this or any other road leading into his hometown. He touched his shirt pocket, making certain he'd remembered to bring his cell phone, and heard the sharp crackle of the envelope stuffed behind the phone. Finding the envelope in the mailbox a couple of weeks ago had literally knocked the wind out of him, like a punch in the solar plexus. He showed it to Cynthia, along with the lined sheet of paper it contained. She Who Loves a Mystery studied them both. She did that odd thing with her mouth that she often did when thinking, then leaned her head to one side as if listening to some inner informant. The handwriting appears to come from another era, she said, giving her final verdict on the two-word epistle. It seems somehow genteel. Genteel. He had always credited his wife with knowing stuff that others, himself included, couldn't know. For a couple of days they attempted reasonable conclusions, finally deciding there were no reasonable conclusions. Ultimately, the whole thing veered down a bank into the bushes. It's from Peggy Kramer, Cynthia said, your old girlfriend with the turquoise convertible. Perhaps her poor husband is croaked and she'd like to see you again. Or, it's from Jessica Rainey, the one who adored you when you raised rabbits. She never married, and because signing up with eHarmony requires a computer, which she doesn't have and never will, she sent this note. You're nuts. You told me you kept her card in your sock drawer until you went away to college. He sometimes regretted his nauseating habit of telling his wife everything. And here's another distinct possibility. 
more fodder from the deep wells of unconscious celebration. It could have come from your first movie date. You said you felt terrible that her parents had to sit across the street drinking coffee for two hours. The movie was... Wait, don't tell me. Flying Tigers. He was amazed, and oddly pleased, that she remembered such hogwash. If we had nothing else to do, she said, we could make a whole book out of what lies behind these two little words. Again and again he examined the envelope and the careful inscription of his name and address. The postmark partially covering the stamp was blurred but readable. It was definitely Holly Springs, though it might have come from Jupiter or Mars for all its cryptic content. He compared the handwriting of the note with that on the envelope. The same. In the